Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Is that my camera? You guys, I've been very fucking proud of myself in this season three journey. I've sort of forced myself to pre-prepare a bunch of episodes in advance. And as we currently are sitting here in this moment, I actually have four partially recorded and or fully recorded episodes waiting to just be launched out to you in the world. And I had a very strategic pattern in how I was purposefully putting each one in the order that it should go into when it should go in. But due to the sudden just, I cannot believe what I'm actually watching in this moment response that I had from RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 7 all-winner season, I just am jaw-dropped to the floor and gay gagged with all of the shit that I just can't believe. I'm witnessing all of those iconic moments that have just only been done in just two fucking episodes and I can't wait to see what happens next. So we went off the rails and decided to take those scheduled episodes and delay them just a little bit further so that we can focus on this fucking incredible, iconic, and just sheer perfection when it comes to this drag art that I still can't believe I'm witnessing with my very own two eyes. So sit back, relax, put on that condom, or pop your prep pill, and let's sissy that walk through the entire first two episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 7 All-Winners Season. And what do you think? You are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host, popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn 
here, and welcome back to the most competitive queen in the podcast world, My Gay Expose Podcast. And on this week's expose, I actually, it's so funny, you guys, oddly enough, I have been so on top of my shit in regards to actually preparing in advance multiple episodes to sort of give myself some leeway, especially since I'm going out of town for a full like 10 days in the next couple weeks to just keep my mind at ease. And I had everything strategically planned out and put in order. And my whole outline was like perfectly done in the way it was. And then, and then all stars fucking blew my mind. And so I actually had to like put all of that on hold and just re-record a brand new episode this week because I can't go not one more moment without just shouting out loud to the gay world how much of a gay boner I have for this fucking RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 7 All-Winners season. It's just absolutely fucking everything to me. And so we're going to go into all the details and all of my thoughts this week. And speaking of thoughts, I actually reached out to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners, this week and asked you what your thoughts on the show this season is and what what do you think so far, even though we're only into a second episode, like we're literally just two episodes in. There's just so much more that we're about to see and I can't fucking wait. But first, before we actually pick our Snatch Game character and hope that we do well. Let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh my fucking god, what the fuck was I even trying to say there? Oh god, what a fucking mess. That definitely merits a (laughs) re-expose. Oh my god, you guys, I can't with all of your messages last week. And Truth be told, the newest runaway hit to the My Gay Expose podcast world was, in fact, last week's episode, the cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble. It's just so interesting to just see that random expose that you created, just doing so well, performing so well, and you just didn't expect it. And I don't know why, but for some reason, you guys ate it up. And a few messages and a few people chiming in saying that from the perspective of people outside of the city looking in, that they in fact felt that maybe the shock value was the reason why they tune in to my show each and every week. And of course, all of the San Francisco friends or even one guy who messaged from L.A. who is pretty immersed in the gay scene or at least that's what it looks like on his Instagram page kind of said that they felt that it's just really relatable. So I guess we really didn't get to the bottom of anything with last week's expose. And so that's that. So basically, I think what we just learned is that you guys just really like me and my show. (laughs) 
And that's what I'm actually putting in my back pocket for a rainy day. But I do want to take this moment to once again thank you so very much from the bottom of my gay little black heart for being the very best part of this show and continuing to in like surprise me each and every time I look at the numbers. And it's just so fulfilling, so rewarding, and I'm so grateful and thankful for you, the listeners, for even all of your hateful shit. <laughs> and just one last little reminder before we segue into the rest of the expose, I am about to embark on my AIDS life cycle journey, like, like kind of how I mentioned a few episodes back where I made the announcement, and I'm so geared up, so excited, and I can't wait to share all of the incredible experiences that I receive from this very incredible, amazing, and rewarding, and fulfilling, and just super amazing cause that I'm so proud to be a part of. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I just want to mention one last time, we're getting to the home stretch. So if you haven't yet, go to RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I, Washburn and click the AIDS Life Cycle page. And please, you guys, please donate, donate, donate. 100% of the proceeds go to the San Francisco AIDS Foundations and the Los Angeles LGBT Center. And it just helps people when they try to figure out and maneuver through their newly diagnosed HIV journey and or provides people with the ability to take PrEP and any other type of preventative measure to get us to a place where we get no more HIV infections in the future. And I truly do believe in this cause so very much. And so please, please, by all means, for the last time on this show, go to the RonnieWashburn.com and hit the AIDS Life Cycle tab and donate, donate, donate! So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars All-Winner Season themed undertone. First, let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends as well as you, the listeners. What are your thoughts on the RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars All-Winners season cast and the iconic Snatch Game moments. So, let's get some of those responses now. Michael said, Best Snatch Game ever. Abraham said, I haven't been watching this season, but the Snatch Game solidified Jinx as one of the greatest drag queens. Kyle said, Jinx, with several explanation points. (laughs) Daniel said, I think that my thoughts are that I will eventually watch it. And then he actually ended his sentence with the shruggy shoulder emoji. What the fuck? Porter says, I find it really hard to even fathom how 
RuPaul will somehow top this season. Yeah, same, same. I don't either. That's a very good point. Jesse said, I'm hoping that Jinx will win. However, I feel like there are so many strong competitors this season. I still don't know who will pull it off. I have to say, I feel the exact same fucking way. It's like you think that one is going to dominate the whole time. But in the only two episodes that are out, I sit there and I watch and I think any of these bitches can take that fucking crown. It's so true. And I think why we're all so fucking intrigued. Kevin says, while I thought it was absolutely fucking amazing, I can't go anywhere online without seeing anything that doesn't relate to Jinx and Judy Garland. Sergio says, I like the new dynamic of all the girls staying each week and earning their badges to get to the finals. Snatch Game was great, and Jinx definitely deserved to win. Her Judy was legendary. And Sergio, I just have to say, that is the reason why I veered off my current episode trail and just had to actually record this expose this week because Jinx just blew my socks off. I just could not even believe what I was actually watching in front of my very eyes. Absolute fucking just perfection. Hamish says, I haven't watched since the first few seasons. (laughs) Bitch, give me your fucking gay card now. Peter said, Oh, that Snatch Game. I don't think any other Snatch Game in the future will ever compare. Agreed. Walter said, they were all really funny. Yeah, I have to say it was kind of nice to actually watch a Snatch Game for the very first time where every single one of the characters actually pretty much nailed it. It was a nice change. There's always people who bomb every time. So that was a nice new little dynamic. I have to agree. Matthew says, I don't watch it. I don't have time. Raymond says, I've never seen anything as spot on in a snatch game in the past as I have with Jinx and her Judy Garland. My straight brother Ryan says as follows, too straight to know what that one is, bra. Like B-R-A, bra. Which, by the way, I absolutely fucking hate when people say that word. It drives me, ugh, I can't. Like, the fact that he's actually using that word just says it all in itself. And truth be told, I kind of figured that he would answer this way. (laughs) I just wanted to see what his response would be. Terrence said, Jinx Monsoon asked the queen of all queens, Crown her now. Michael number two says, I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race and never really have. However, I did notice it's trending on Twitter. Something about Judy Garland. (laughs) Nathan said, I love how we got the reading challenge and the snatch game all at the beginning. And it's just keeping all of us wanting more. Keshev says, I haven't been caught up with RuPaul's Drag Race since season two. (laughs) 
How the fuck are we even friends? I don't get it. <laughs> Robert says, I'm busy. <laughs> so a fun little side story here. So Robert's actually my most recent ex. And actually, truth be told, he is the one that actually really got me into RuPaul's Drag Race. In fact, he and I, over the course of the two and a half years that we were together, watched like just lip sync battles on YouTube religiously. Like we were both super obsessed. But ever since he got this new job, I feel like now I'm the drag connoisseur and he has no fucking clue because he doesn't watch. So that's his answer. I'm busy. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I'm actually surprised that most of you answered this week. Usually when I throw out an answer like this, it's like usually mostly all of my friends, of course, who basically say that they didn't watch, they don't watch, what are you talking about, I haven't heard, etc. But it sort of sounds like this shit is just that I fucking conic that all of you can't get enough, or at least most of you. And if you didn't get your answer read this week, don't worry, just continue to follow on Instagram at exposing my gay. And remember, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And now let's get to the most iconic por portion of this week's expose, my gay expose that just so happens to have a RuPaul's Drag Race all-stars, all-winners, all-everything-themed undertone. You guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. <laughs> but you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. Oh my god, you guys. This RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 7 All-Winners cast is just... Oh my God, I can't even form words in regards to how exactly I feel about all of this. It's just so everything, so amazing. And all of these queens are just in that next level shit <laughs> in regards to any and all things drag, RuPaul, or any of it. It's just that fucking good. And truth be told, when the cast initially was announced when I kind of heard about this a few months back, I kind of went over the list. And while I had some favorites, I just didn't think that this was going to be the dynamic of what we're watching right before our very 
fucking eyes. In this moment, it's just absolutely fucking incredible. And I am gay gagged at every single fucking moment. And honestly, the first two episodes at the time of this recording have been thrown out there to the world. And we're just two fucking episodes in and I'm already fucking hooked. Hooked, you guys. Absolutely fucking hooked. And I just can't wait each and every week for Friday to come so that I can just see what is happening next. And I just didn't see this coming at all whatsoever. I just, I can't believe that we're witnessing just fucking a master class right before our very eyes of the most pristine and perfect perfection when it comes to drag in today's gay society. (laughs) So for those of you who may or may not be in the know, here's a little overview or my thoughts on what it is that we're all witnessing in this fucking iconic and historic moment known as RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 7 All-Winners Season, otherwise known as like the greatest fucking thing that I've ever seen drag-related in this world. And I mean that. So for those of you exposeers out there that actually aren't familiar with most of the show or just aren't in the know about me and one of the things that I love most in this world is drag. Now, here's the thing. I would do just about anything to go to any drag show. And so therefore, when I first caught wind of RuPaul's Drag Race so many years ago, I just can't get enough and am so obsessed with the show itself. I've actually watched all the seasons multiple times. And truth be told, I've watched the two episodes that just came out for All-Stars 7 All-Winners like four or five, six times. And I'd like to chalk it up to the fact that I'm trying to do it to prepare for this episode. But I'm going to be honest. I prepare far less for most episodes. And I'm just fucking obsessed with that shit. But allow me to explain. Even though I am as gay as a prep pill prescription, I've never actually done drag. And truth be told, have little to no desire to actually do any of it in itself for myself. I'm just obsessed with the art of drag because drag really to me is just sheer art and sheer talent. And honestly, sometimes when I think about this show and the success of this show, I see myself as one of those drag queens out there doing my fucking hustle for this show and just knowing that I'm just as talented as any one of those fucking queens in the podcast world, or at least that's how I like to think about it. (laughs) But again, I have no desire to do drag myself. In fact, just as a little sidebar, I, with my friend and I who were actually preparing, we're getting ready to leave for our AIDS life cycle trip coming up here in June. And so we're actually kind of scrambling around and trying to get all the last minute shit that we're supposed to be getting for the trip itself. And I guess there's a couple of event days where we have to kind of theme everything costume related for the ride. And there's one specific day that's red dress themed. Now, I'm not going to lie. Again, as gay as a fucking prep pill prescription. But I don't know how to fucking do any of this shit. And I had to ask my friend who actually works in the makeup world to help me pick out a red dress because I don't know how to fucking look for that shit. I don't know how to shop for that shit. And I don't even 
know what would look decent on this fucking potato sacky ass body. <laughs> but I found a fucking dress. It's actually kind of cute. It's like a one sleeve off sling strapless sweater dress I guess see this is this is just proof right here that I just don't fucking know what I'm talking about in regards to any of this shit but watching this show has me gay gasping each and every fucking episode and you know I have to give Rue a lot of credit she does put a lot of work and effort keeping us on our toes and just giving us a twist each and every season that we just never saw coming. And so the twist this season, as you may or may not know, if you're following along with the all-star season this year, there's nobody going home. Nobody's going home. All of the queens who have at one point won either an all-star season or their very own original season are just competing to basically win the title of queen of all queens. And what that means is none of the girls are going home. They're actually working each of the fucking, what do you, oh God, the word just slipped my mind. Uh, the challenges. Oh my God. What the fuck is wrong with me? Each of the challenges each and every week and the two top queens win what they're calling a legendary legend star. And so they wear it. And basically the queens, the last four queens with the most legendary legend stars actually go to the grand finale to, you know, lip sync, smackdown, extravaganza, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you get the gist of it if you follow along to the show. But the whole point is that these bitches are just so fucking good that I just can't stop watching. And in fact, as soon as I finish recording this episode, I'll probably watch it fucking again. That's how good this shit is. But just as a brief overview again for all of you exposeers who aren't in the know, let me go over the cast and my thoughts. Because when I got the initial list of the queens that were participating this season, I didn't really feel about half of them. But now that I'm actually watching, I'm just like, damn, these fucking bitches are so fucking good. It's just absolutely fucking breathtakingly incredible. So first up, we've got Shay Coulee, otherwise known as the winner of All-Stars 5, originally participating in season 9 and not quite making it the first time. But she is a fucking fierce competitor and always one that's just like, just never, never ceases to disappoint in any way, shape, or form. Uh, next up, we've got Jada Essence Hall, winner of season 12, and the one I feel like has the most to prove. Um, I think because, like, she's the winner of the season that actually didn't get to have, like, a full-on, like, reunion or whatever the fuck, that grand finale because of the whole fucking COVID thing. And then she didn't get all the work that all the other queens normally get as winners. And so she's really got a lot of shit to prove this season. And she's actually doing just that. Trinity the Tuck, which is arguably one of my favorites originally from season nine and one, tied with Monet Exchange at All Stars 4, who, by the way, spoiler alert, Monet Exchange just so happens to be in this cast as well. And she actually is the partnered winner with Trinity the Tuck of All Stars 4 and probably arguably my favorite drag queen of all time. 
Like, hands down, Monet Exchange is probably the most entertaining, the best at what she does. I just fucking love her. Eat her up. And I am obsessed with both of her podcasts and listen to them religiously. Jinx Monsoon, who is another one of my fucking favorites. And winner of season five, Evie Oddly, who I do like because she is a little bit different. And winner of season 11. And Raja, who I didn't know much about until recently because I didn't like dabble into the early seasons until like recently. So she's actually pretty fucking fierce and she's doing really fucking well in this competition just now for being somebody who hasn't literally competed in like a fucking decade. Like literally. The Vivian, who's the winner of the UK's first season and probably also has the most to prove as well because she is coming from the UK and not an American queen. So I feel like she's trying really hard to represent her country and she is just fucking knocking it out of the park as well. But you guys, the biggest fucking reason why I wanted and literally am jumping up and down in my head and so excited about doing this week's expose on all of this shit is because of the fucking Snatch Game. Bitches, we got the goddamn Snatch Game right out the gate in episode two. And that shit is just beyond absolute sheer perfection and could only be described as just absolute iconic. I fucking conic. The whole game, every contestant, I conic. And not only are we just witnessing just absolute fucking drag history right before our very fucking eyes in this moment. And not only are we gagged by the idea that nobody's going home and that they're doing Snatch Game on episode two, but also we find out that they're double downing on that legendary Snatch. That's right, folks. On this season's Snatch Game, all of the queens actually impersonate two different celebrities. And I just have to say, it is the most entertaining and just fucking everything Snatch Game that you will ever watch in your entire life. I don't think any other Snatch Game in the future will ever, ever compare. So let me just go through my thoughts really quick. I felt like everybody did just a fucking absolute knock it out of the park. Incredible fucking job. But Shea Coulee did Miss J, which I felt was the stronger of her two choices. She did it well. She made up some weird thing about like talking with Rue about like, remember the last time we hung out and you tried to, to ask me how many deviled eggs we could eat and you said no because you like or some shit like I don't even know what the fuck it was, but it was actually pretty fucking funny. And then Alyssa Madambo, which I don't even know who the fuck that is. Some bitch that, uh, or Elsa. <laughs> See, I don't even know who she is. Elsa Madambo, some kind of woman who is like an Instagram, like influencer who basically, or maybe it's YouTube. I don't even fucking know who she is. Long story short, I didn't really have any real basis for comparison, but she did land a significant amount of jokes. Jada Essence Hall actually did the Lady Chablis, which I didn't really understand because I don't really know who that is either, but she was fun to watch. And then Prince, who arguably was like the stupidest Prince impersonation of all time, but yet somehow iconically had us laughing our asses off the whole fucking 
time. Evie oddly did Rico Nasty, who again is just another like influencer of some sort. And I didn't really get it either. Some kind of like Gen Z bitch who's trying to really kind of break the mold for younger kids and shit. And then she also did her own version of what the boogeyman would be. And it was like this foxy fly, sexy, like it was actually her boogeyman was pretty fucking good. I will say, even though when she first mentioned it, I was kind of like, what the fuck is that? She really actually did do a really fucking good job, especially considering on her original season, she absolutely fucking bombed her snatch game. And then we have the Vivian who did Joanna Lumsley, who was really good, but just kind of one note. And then Catherine Tate, who again, I don't know who that is, but my understanding is this is a woman on YouTube or something where she has like a cooking show, I think. And I think it's really hard to understand her because she's got that really thick British way of talking in her dialect that you just really can't quite understand. And I think that the Vivian did a really good job of portraying just that. And I think that was kind of the point and the joke behind it. Raja did Madam and uh, Diana Vreeland, which she did a really good job with the looks and the makeup part of both. But truthfully, I mean, it was good. The impressions were good. Was it funny? Mm, no. But I do give her an A for effort because it was done and thought out really fucking well. But you guys, my favorite three of the night, hands down. Monet Exchange doing Martin Lawrence, who she actually did that, like, the Quisha character, I think it was. Is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure he will, but I, I can't remember. Martin Lawrence had a show years ago. I know the kids probably don't know this show, like Martin, but there was a drag queenie looking girl who was actually a woman, but it was like... Martin Lawrence dressed up as this woman. It was a whole nother character in the show. She did a really great job with that. But her fucking Mike Tyson, you guys. Oh my God. I want to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> it was so good. And I'm so thankful that Monet did so fucking well. Because again, she is my fucking favorite. And Trinity the Tuck doing the devil, which making her all gay, being the devil, and, and the joke she made about Bianca Del Rio taking over for her when she retires. She was just so fucking funny. And that goddamn Leslie Jordan was just wow. Just fucking wow. So well thought out. So incredible. So everything. But you guys, all of those queens aside, Jinx. Monsoon just absolutely fucking nailed it. Knocked it out of the park. Just the Natasha Leone was so spot on. So funny. So good. So unexpected. And so just you could tell she put a lot of time and effort into creating that character. It was just fucking brilliant. And then, and then the only reason why I decided to create this expose this week was that fucking iconic Judy Garland moment and oh you guys oh like I gay gasped each time I watched it was so fucking good so convincing so everything and so Judy Garland Jinx was just an absolute she will go down in the history books as one of the biggest icons for this 
fucking moment. And she like went viral already online. People are saying that this is the highest rated Snatch Game in, in the entire history of all RuPaul, Drag Race, anything, period, in general. Everybody's making all the memes. It's just, oh my God, watching her and say, is that my camera? Like, <laughs> I just... Oh, you guys, if you haven't watched it yet, you absolutely fucking have to, like, you have to watch Jinx doing Judy Garland. It was absolute everything. And you know what? I'm just going to end this expose right now because there is not one thing that can top this moment. This Judy Garland Jinx Monsoon moment was just absolute fucking, just absolute iconic. Like, beyond words for description, just everything you wanted and so much more. And you guys, if you haven't yet, check out RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. And by the time this episode airs, it will be like another episode will be out the very next day. So we'll just have to see how all of this shit plays itself out. And I'm so fucking excited. Okay, now I'm going to take my geeky ass back to the television and rewatch both episodes one more time. So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, transgender, drag queens, and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learn a whole hell of a lot, or at least we're learning that I think that we are actually witnessing right before our very eyes the biggest fucking moments in drag race history. And I can't wait to finish out the rest of this fucking season. You know, I honestly wish that this is one of those situations where, like, the regular actual RuPaul's Drag Race seasons, everyone complains about them taking so long and having so many episodes. I wish was this was that case. But alas, that's probably not gonna happen here in this moment, and we're just gonna have to see how all of this fucking iconic drag queen art perfection plays itself out in the rest of this RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 7 All-Winners season. And I really want to hear from you, the listeners. What do you think about this season so far? So give me a call, leave a message on the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me who you think is actually going to take the Queen of All Queens title and crown. And don't forget to follow on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, leave a review, and if you follow on Spotify, don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch win of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter Exposing My Gay, and don't forget to check out the latest piece of the My Gay Expose podcast puzzle. The official My Gay Expose podcast website at mygayexposepodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, 
a relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will lip sync the house down with you next time. Expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.